Welcome to Forging the Norsatch, a podcast for entrepreneurs, startups, small business owners, and the supporters of the Northern Utah entrepreneurial ecosystem, presenting an interesting topic of the day and an enlightening interview with a new company or organization that supports business in the Norsatch, presented by the Economic Development Office of Weber State University. Welcome to Forging the Norsatch. This is Guy Tender, and this is episode number 12, February 2021. Our co-host today, James Taylor, the Director of Sponsored Projects of Weber State University, and Angie Oscarthorpe, the Chairman of the Davis Chamber of Commerce. Joining James and I and Angie today for the episode of this podcast will be Connell Banner of Instafire. He'll talk about that great company that he formed and just exited from last month. So that's a great story. However, before we get with Connell, we're going to meet with Adrian Andrews, the vice president and diversity champion at Weber State University. So Angie, while you're with us today, I hear we got some great Chamber events upcoming. What's going on at the Davis Chamber of Commerce this month? Yeah. Hey, thanks, Guy. And uh, I, I'm the president and CEO of the Davis Chamber, um, but you can call me the chairman. <laughs> we have uh, several events coming up, but I'll just tell you one real quick. We have our Women in Business luncheon coming up. As you know, we have a really strong Women in Business um, committee, and we have Jody Orgel Brown coming to speak to us on the 11th of February. And so Please check out that event. It'll be uh, virtual, a Zoom, and you can check it out on our davischamberofcommerce.com. Excellent, excellent. And another event is with Ogden Weber Chamber of Commerce. They're partnering with Weber State to have their annual economic outlook uh, this year. James, uh, what do you think about that event? No, I think it's also it's going to be a really interesting one. I think they're going to have uh, economics professor Andrew Kingsley come talk on February 17th. Um, it'll be done by Zoom, but he'll be discussing the impact of COVID-19 on the economy in 2020 and kind of what will, what's going to happen in the near future. So I think, uh, again, I think a fairly interesting conversation that we all probably have questions and, and uh, would like to get an update. Excellent. And to learn more about that, you go to ogdenweberchamber.com and look on their events page or the Davis Chamber of Commerce to learn more about the Women in Business event on February 11th. So, hey, let's go meet with Andrea and Andrews and learn about diversity. James, Angie, today we have a treat. Adrian Andrews is visiting us today to talk about diversity in the workplace. Who, who doesn't love Adrian Andrews? <laughs> awesome. are, you, are you offering to be the leader of my fan club? Because I will take it. Andy. I am the leader of your fan club. <laughs> so, Adrian is the vice president of diversity and the chief diversity officer at Weber State University. She has already has four degrees, including master's degrees. And now she's studying to get her PhD in education, culture, and society, which from, from my perspective, she should be teaching that class, not getting a degree in that class. So welcome aboard, Adrian. How are you today? I am wonderful, Guy. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. So, Adrian, how do you keep your energy up all the time? You're just, you're always out there. You go from one meeting to another. It's a, uh, with all go, all that's going on in society, your positive energy and leadership is just wonderful. How are you keeping up your energy? You know, it's really, it's about people and relationships. And I've had to find new ways to connect with folks and maintain relationships. And it's caused me to stretch and find new energy, I might say. Um, 
because it's needed. And right now we've got to give everything we've got in every place we can, if we want to make the world a better place for all of us. Well, thanks to you. Uh, it's, it's making a big impact in, in Northern Utah and, and the role you've provided not only to our school, but to our region. So folks on our podcast might want to know, what do we mean by diversity? It's a small business entrepreneurial podcast. Why is diversity, what is diversity as it relates to business, do you think? When we think about your business, whether it's small, medium, or large, or something else altogether, one of the things you're thinking about is market share. And who do you want to engage in or purchase your product or your resources or use your services? And we might think initially about the folks in our immediate surrounding, and that can work for a while. But what we have to realize is that if we want to grow our businesses and really have some tremendous gains in the market, we're going to have to seek insights from people who are different from us to help us see and understand the world as it is so that our products and services can better meet those needs. Additionally, and it's sort of the, the basic case for diversity in uh, the business world is we want to innovate and you can't have innovation without diversity, diversity of experiences, ideas, thoughts, um, ways of seeing and understanding the world, let alone being in the world. All of those things improve your organization and can then transform your market share. Adrian, great, great answers. Um, you know, you came and you spoke to the Davis Chamber of Commerce and our Leadership Institute and our Women in Business. We just loved you. Um, uh, and, and, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time to talk to you. You're the expert. We can talk to you forever. But, but what are some of the, I think some people sometimes, sometimes don't understand all the aspects of diversity. We just think, you know, maybe ethnic, but, but tell us a little bit more about the aspects. Absolutely. So people tend to think diversity, you're talking about race, ethnicity, maybe gender, but it expands beyond that. You're looking at belief systems, access to education, language, beliefs, cultural experiences, history and heritage, and all of those things do not operate independently. Instead, they intersect with each other and they give us different perspectives, understandings, and ways of knowing and operating in the world. And for folks in the business world, they give us new niche markets to try and pull into and to engage. In addition, all of that diversity, when it's in your places of business, transforms the ideas from ideas to application. And that's really fantastic. Yeah, that's great. We sometimes simplify that a little bit too much. Um, and then also, we have a fairly homogenous um, community here. What is the way to maximize success in attracting some diversity so that we can get some of these benefits? Well, one of the first things you want to look at is who are in your existing networks and are those networks serving your needs? And if not, where are the opportunities to expand? For example, there's a black chamber, there's a Hispanic chamber, there's women in business. There are all of these different organizations here in Utah, as well as nationally that exist to help you cultivate those relationships, understand the needs of different people, and build on your success while helping others do the same thing in their work. And so starting out with those networks is critical. And it's literally as easy as going online and looking up chambers and seeing who's there and how you can connect with them. Thank you. That's, that's amazing. We are actually tapping into some of those uh, chambers as well. And of course, we have a women in business that we uh, love and we love to invite you over as often as possible. 
Well, I love it. And I love to be a part of women in business. And I also love the men who participate in women in business, because that's also transformative and helps people start to see where are the obstacles and the opportunities that we can leverage to improve not only our innovation, but our service and our reach. Absolutely. Adrian, what's, you know, uh, what is kind of the best advice you have for companies to create a, a culture of diversity in their companies? So James, I love this question. And the, and the reason I love it is because it allows us to get to know each other better. And I've mentioned um, prior to taping that for me, this is all about relationships. And we want to know the people that we work with. We want to understand the people we work with. That doesn't mean we'll always agree on everything with the people we work with, but it will help us understand where they're coming from and why they have the perspective they do. So one, creating an organizational environment where people can be open about who they are, their talents, their culture, their heritage, their language, their abilities, in ways that allow them to share it, not to force it on somebody else, but so that people can become educated. We don't know until we know. And that means sometimes we have to ask or have an opportunity to be engaged. That's awesome. Adrian, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, hopefully we can have you on our show again and we can get some more tips on how to, how to bring diversity more proactively and to talk more about how we can learn about other people in a good way, uh, more than just maybe where they're from. Like, you know, what are their values and their culture along those lines? So. Will you, hopefully you'll join us again, Adrian. Guy, I would be delighted to come back, especially because you promote me from my position. I'm actually the AVP for diversity and chief diversity officer at Weber State, and I aspire to be the VP one day. Um, but I love my work, and I am so grateful for the work that you are doing with our business communities. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Angie, James, let's get with Instafire and Connell Banner. As promised, Angie and James, we have Connell Banner today of Instafire joining us to talk about his great company. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Anytime you have fire and mountain men, you know you're going to have a great show. That's for sure. Well, Connell Banner is the first and foremost a family man who loves God and country and has a great love for the outdoors. He's an entrepreneur at heart, having started three businesses, one of which he said never really went anywhere. So we'll have to learn about that here in a minute. He co-developed this technology, patented technology with Instafire, and he loves early morning water skiing, which is really best time to get smooth waters in the morning. Welcome aboard, Connell. How are you today? I'm awesome. Unbelievable. How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. Um, Connell, tell us about this business that really didn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, I, I love to do woodworking on the side and just uh, really enjoy that part of it. I started making wooden pens um, and it got to the point where uh, we had so many orders uh, for hand uh, made pens that I had to decide, do I want to do it full time standing there turning wood or, uh, or do something else that I couldn't see myself standing there all day long. So I uh, bagged the idea. Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting way to leave a business so popular that you were too busy to keep it going. But it looks like you ran on to better things. So, thank so, you. so Guy, Connell, um, I'm kind of proud of getting Connell on the podcast. I'm actually looking over the fence into his yard. He's my very next door neighbor. And you really just couldn't ask for better better neighbors. In fact, 
he helps with my projects, but not only does he help, but he always improves them. And he, and he tells <laughs> all the things that I need to do to make them better. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate him. And, and Kyle, remember, we, uh, we actually did a video for Instafire. We toured there before I knew you were going to be my next door neighbor. So tell us yeah. about where you grew up and how you became to be my neighbor. Well, I grew up in Idaho and Eastern Oregon, and uh, I went to Rick's College up in, or BYU-Idaho as it's called now, up at uh, Rexburg, Idaho, and I met my dear wife. The smartest thing I ever did was to marry her, and uh, we moved to Utah, and then here about two years ago, my mother-in-law passed away, and... Uh, the home, family home came available and make a long story short, we left a place. We've been there for 26 years and we moved and we love it and love our neighbors and enjoy where we are. I know your, uh, your neighbors in Riverdale are really sad to lose you, but I always tell them that uh, I'm really glad I got you. <laughs> you and uh, you're, you're kind. Thank you. So, Connell, you have such a fascinating background, and in and, and, and our conversation with you and, and your history, it is, it is awesome. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, you said you were up in Idaho for a while, and then you came down here to Ogden. It sounds like you even took some classes here at Weber State, and uh, you mentioned that you, you took a particular class that kind of really influenced you on, how, on your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. I wonder if you kind of talk about that a little bit. I did. I took a class. It was a career awareness class. And I was focused on uh, teaching. I wanted to be a school teacher and then uh, do woodworking on the side and then also coach. And so I started uh, one of the projects they had us do. It was Steve Nykmeyer's class and I uh, love him to death. And uh, we're still friends today. But anyway, he, uh, he had us go out and interview the people that, that had our ideal job. And so I entered viewed four or five uh, of these teachers and coaches and everyone but one said they'd never do it again. And so I thought, wow, all right, well, that's, uh, that was great learning experience. I didn't have to learn by uh, classroom experience, uh, learn by somebody who's actually there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because it is something we focused on a lot, which is this idea of kind of getting out of your classroom or getting out of your office or whatever. And just talking to people, right? Just sitting down and having conversations. It is amazing kind of how much you learn by just having conversations with people. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. And it sounds like it's kind of influenced how you kind of do things even as you go forward, so to speak. Well, exactly. You've got, you know, in my mind, you find somebody that's where, you're, where you want to be and then go talk to them. And most people are very willing to give you the formula and some of the obstacles that they overcame and, and that you may face or how to get around them or avoid them altogether. So very valuable information. Connell, um, yeah. I absolutely, I absolutely love the story of Instafire. It's just one of those uh, a really cool stories. And, and as we've been neighbors and friends, you've talked about a couple of transformative, transformative experiences that you had one of them being the Teton Dam and the other one being Katrina. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, I, prior to cell phones, I received a phone call. Uh, I was a senior in high school and uh, my, my, I guess that dates me how old I am, but uh, 
I got a phone call from my sister and who lived up in uh, Teton, Idaho. And she said, the dam is just broke. Just know we're okay. But uh, we have just a few minutes to get out of here. And I said, come this way. And she said, no, we're staying to help. But uh, we'll call you when we can. And so they were on the missing persons list for over a week. And we didn't know where they were. Um, they had five little kids. My brother-in-law was um, trying to get the cows. And they lived on a little farm and trying to get the animals to higher ground. And my sister was trying to get all the kids ready. And, and she says, I forgot two main things. She says, uh, in a disaster, you don't think. And I forgot formula and I forgot diapers. And uh, she had about 15 to 20 minutes, she said, to get out. So that was a, a big influence on my life. Um, you mentioned Katrina. I had an opportunity to tour Katrina after the aftermath there. And I saw um, the disaster that took place there. I talked to two police officers who described some of the horrible things. And they told me about one uh, main thing that we lost a lot of people. And that's when they got thirsty, they knew to boil water to purify it so they could have pure water to drink. Well, so they took the moldings off their doors and windows, but because of the varnishes and paints that were on them and lead paint, Etc. was uh, they asphyxiated themselves uh, by trying to, you know, causing a fire there and uh, trying to boil their water. And so the thing that they were trying to save their life actually caused them to die. So, Connell, it, it's so interesting because these two major events have kind of set the stage for what happens next to me, right? And all of a sudden, you realize there's an opportunity and there's this need for a certain kind of product. So... Now you have you kind of have this baseline. Walk us through kind of what inspires Instafire. Well, growing up in around farm country, we always had access to a lot of fuel, you know, diesel fuel or gas or or whatever. And now moving to the city, I wanted to be able to have a storable fuel. Um, I've always grown up with the idea of you know preparing for a disaster or preparing for economic hardship or whatever and so but i didn't know of a way to cook my food storage and so i was lo looking for an opportunity and a way to to store fuel so with that background in mind well then i went to a uh, i was a scout master and i wanted to show my scouts how to throw a tomahawk and i had one already but i needed a you know another one or two and so i went to a mountain man rendezvous here in ogden and to buy one of the tomahawks to show my scouts that to throw a tomahawk and i saw uh gary t jones he was an older gentleman he was uh down there burning a rock and i thought what the heck so i watched him for a few minutes and so i bought some of the rocks just for to show my scouts for novelty purposes that i could burn a rock and i brought them out a couple of months later and they didn't burn and i thought okay whatever and so I saw this older gentleman, Gary T, uh, about a year later. And I said, you're that horse's rear end that sold me those rocks that didn't burn. And so we laughed for a minute. But he <laughs> said, well, let me show you what I'm doing now. And uh, so he, he kind of had the idea um, of a storable fuel, but he was using some very, some nasty products. And so 
uh, I said, I don't mean to steal your idea. Let me develop it. And then uh, I'll pay your royalty if we sell anything. And then he introduced me to my current partner. We went uh, for nine months in an owl infested warehouse, uh, clear out West Ogden early, early mornings and some scary moments. But we, uh, we took nine months every day uh, during the week and uh, took an hour or two and to develop a product that we have now. First time you throw a match, woof. No, that's not what we want. Next time, it doesn't light at all. And we just kept playing with the formula until we've got what we got now. That, I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, that just shows the amount of persistence. Uh, I mean, nine months every single day. I mean, I think that's fantastic. So you cut another opportunity. You had your mountain man experience, which again, I absolutely love. I think any product that comes from mountain men should always do well. Um, <laughs> So, but then how do you know you have something? Like, how do you know you're on to really something that's actually going to work in the marketplace? Well, again, I, I wanted it for me. And then, you know, my partner wanted the ultimate fire starter that'll work in any condition, rain, snow, sleet, wind's a huge one. And uh, so we combined those two. And then as we're developing, we're talking to people and they go, well, God, I would like that. I would love that. And so um, one guy a friend of mine, he says, well, hey, I'll take the first 50 buckets. And then another guy says, hey, I'll take 20 and I'll take 10. And so we had these small orders. Um, and so we had an, you know, we had, I don't know, 100, 200 buckets sold prior to ever really developing it. And uh, so once it was developed, then, you know, we had we sold those and kind of paid for our experimenting basically. And then we had an opportunity to go to uh, the Jim Baker show, the preacher and what a, what a gentleman he is. And uh, just enjoyed that thoroughly, but <laughs> he had us on the show and uh, we started cooking food and, and all this stuff in his studio with just Instafire. And he sold 10,000 six gallon buckets in about an hour's worth of time. And I looked at Frank and I said, I guess we're in business. And uh, so we, uh, we hired a couple of kids to help make it and put it in buckets and put labels on and away we went. Kind of every entrepreneur has a, um, you know, their stories of twists and turns and exciting things. And the Jim Baker, that show, that's just amazing. That's a really cool one. But the one that I really like is the story of, uh, of you being on the Shark Tank. Um, right. that whole experience that was quite the uh, quite the experience tell us about that well you know knowing the background of shark tank a little bit they interview and test out about uh i don't know fifty thousand companies a year and 40 to fifty thousand companies and so and only 120 to 160 people get on there and a year and so we knew that you know, if you went through the regular channels, it's not probably a, a great opportunity. Anyway, guy by the name of Andrew Willis from uh, the DATC out there, at, uh, he called us up and he says, hey, a Shark Tank has an open call tomorrow at uh, the University of Utah. Why don't you guys go? And so I talked to Frank and he said, yeah, well, why not? So we went there. Well, one of the product's ability is to burn on any surface. It's a naturally insulated product. So you can burn it on snow or ice. So how we demonstrate that is literally burn it in our hand. 
And so if I can, if I can burn it in my hand, I can burn on snow, ice, sand, whatever. And so I burned it on my hand and they had all of these tables around these big rooms and all these different interviews going on and cameras going and all of a sudden all of the cameras turned and, you know, showed me burning in my hand. Then I put it down into water. It pulled it off my hand, sit and floated and burning on the water. And then I picked it back up. Now I had water coming off of my hand and fire above. And, uh, so all of those cameramen go do that again, do that again. And, and so they have about five to six kind of, you go through these different cycles and say, okay, uh, we're going to weed you out or weed you out until they get down to their 160 people. And, uh, we, you know, you don't know if this person that you're interviewing with, they, you know, are 25, 26 years old and you didn't know if she'd ever started a fire or not. So <laughs> it, uh, they, they said, don't call us, we'll call you. And they called us about three weeks later and they said, Hey, we need, uh, some more information. So we gave them more information. Another week, two weeks, three weeks went by. Then, then they go, okay. Hey, send us a video. We said, we can't, we're in Vegas, but it's trade show. And they said, well, you have to uh, by tomorrow or you're not going to ever even be on the show. And so we put together a quick video and sent it to them. And that was probably the most intense thing that we've ever done is go on this show. Cause they're grilling you the whole time. They're grilling you for, you know, 45 minutes and just asking you every question. You, and when they say, know your numbers, you don't know what numbers they're going to ask you. Everybody knows what it costs and what you sell it for. But when they start asking you, well, how many campgrounds are in the United States and Canada? How often do people grill? How, how often do people camp? How many uh, charcoal grills are sold in the United States every year? How many, you know, just on and on and on. And thank heavens, Andrew Willis and the DATC helped us prepare for that. And luckily, we knew every answer. Connell, that is, that's awesome. Um, Andrew Willis is an amazing, he does so much good for all of the small businesses around um, yeah. and the whole entrepreneurial station over there. But uh, tell us, um, like, who did you get accepted and who did you end up partnering with? So we went on there. So when uh, we first went, you have to go and you, to all the producers, right? And, and they want to know your pitch and how you're going to look. And they've got, I don't know, 50, 60 people in the room. And uh, so they said, okay, do your pitch. Well, I went to light my, the, you know, flick my bick basically. And, and oh no, you can't have any fire. No, nothing. And I go, that's my pitch. <laughs> you know, it is fire. And they said, absolutely not. And I said, well, can you come here for a second? So we went outside and I showed him holding it in my hand, putting it out by itself, how safe it was, how I could handle it. You know, and then they said, okay, well, be a fire god. Come out with, you know, a Jesus robe. And I go, no, I'm not doing that. And uh, I said, just let me do my thing and it'll be safe. And so we went went on the show. Uh, we had, well, so they made us wait two more days before we could film because of the fire issue. And then they had, I don't know, five or six firemen, seven other emergency guys there that paramedics and stuff they didn't want us to burn the studio down i guess and uh we went there we had four offers um and they started bidding back and forth and that 
that that you see on the show that's real when they when they start and one of them said uh you know Lori asked a question and she said you know i can't remember what the question was but then uh damon interrupted and said hey i need to ask you a question too and he, he asked the question and so it diverted me and i looked over at him and then another question came from somebody else now i've got three questions and something said, just hold up your hand. So I held up my hand. I said, just chill out a second. <laughs> and they, then they're going, what? And I said, if you'll just relax, I said, I'm, I'm going to answer every single one of your questions, but out of respect for Lori, because she asked first, I'm going to answer hers and then I'll answer each one. Is that okay? And yeah, whatever. And, <laughs> and then after that, they were pretty cool. They just really wanted to know the business. So we did, uh, like I said, we had four offers. We ended up uh, combining with Mark Cuban and Lori Grenier both. Um, and they've been a, a great help. Uh, Mark, one of the things that, that really, we were, we were giving away more on their offer, we were giving away more of the company than we wanted to give up. And Mark asked the question, he said, look, do you want 70% of a watermelon or a hundred percent of a grape? <laughs> and, uh, okay. That made a lot of sense. So we went with the deal and, and went on from there. I mean, Connell, that's awesome. And, and you've had, you know, really amazing success and, and, and your journey is, is really fascinating. And, and it sounds like you've had so much success that kind of the last, well, really in the last month, you've had some interesting news and, and you've kind of moved to, you've actually sold Insta, Instafire. Um, what was kind of your motivation behind doing that? And what are you kind of looking to do next? Well, I, you know, I, I'm 62 years old and I'm getting older. I don't want to work the rest of my life. Um, and so I, I wanted to look for an opportunity to, you know, get out and retire. That was kind of my motivation. And, but I want to give back. I want to give back to society. I want to give back uh, to other entrepreneurs to help them, you know, grow their businesses or, you know, kind of share some of the experiences that I've had. And then I'd like to take our product and uh, take it to third world countries and show them how to, I mean, we've literally met people that spend four hours a day four to five hours a day just gathering wood to cook with and you know horrible things are happening to these women and and you know they're getting asphyxiated by because they you know they're not educated enough to know that burning green wood will just make smoke and and so they're inhaling that all day and uh, just really would like to share with them how they can cook still do it with fire but do it safely and easily that's uh, thank you, Connell, for joining us. Uh, you know, with all of your experience that you've had, I mean, what a great, great story from the mountain man visit at Fort Bonaventura to, you know, successfully selling a wonderful business. What kind of advice would you pass on to our listeners that are, are growing their business? Well, a couple of things. One of them is whatever your product or service is. It's you've got to come up with a, and know in your heart what makes your product or service different than anybody else. Is it, is it just price or is it, uh, hey, I, you know, I've got a new twist on this idea or, or whatever, but you really got to know because when, when push comes to shove and, it, it, and times get really hard 
you got to know that you've got something that nobody else has. So that's one. And then you've got, I would think one thing that's, that's big is you have to have a proof of concept. And what I mean by that is if you have a product, it's easy when you go to a friend or your family and say, Hey, would you buy this? Well, because they love you. Well, yeah, man, I'd buy that. Well, what you need is people that you don't know. And will you buy this at this price? And if they say yes, and how you can get that, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can sell on uh, the trade shows or, you know, flea markets or Amazon, eBay. It, It gives you a proof of concept that somebody that doesn't know you will actually buy your product and then diversify make sure you get don't just put your all yourself all your eggs in one basket um and we did that for a while and almost uh, almost lost the business and uh because uh, we were just in one segment of the market and then we went into camping as well and and other things and so that's what really pulled us out and and really helped us grow mcconnell it's been it's so entertaining uh, listening to your stories um i'm sure our listeners will probably want to hear more from you maybe you should write (laughs) a book but so listeners out there instafire www.instafire.com you can buy your products from there learn more about it it's also in a lot of major retailers out there like walmart so you guys can go out and get it there so thank you connell for joining us today thank you for having me you bet james and angie thank you guys also thanking adrian andrews for helping us before And as always, we're going to thank Cameron Jackson, our producer, Andrea Baltasar, and Studio 76 for producing our show. Thank you so much for listening to the latest presentation of Forging the North Edge. Please look for all future installments bi-weekly on Tuesdays on your preferred podcast provider.